You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. The Reds Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM, let's create great dishes together, MSA Architects, and by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business, your tri-state Chevy dealers. Check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your tri-state Chevy dealer. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. And this to the now the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. And hi, good evening, everyone, and welcome once again to the Reds Hot Stove League. This is, of course, a very special edition of the Reds Hot Stove League. Why, you may ask? Well, one, it is on Wednesday night instead of its usual Tuesday night. And two, we are here at the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, as opposed to across the street at the Holy Grail Banks, where we normally have the show. Why we are here, of course, is because tonight is the kickoff of the 2017 Reds Winter Baseball Caravan, which takes off from this spot tomorrow morning, bright and early, heading to all parts of the Reds country. And we're awfully glad to have you guys here in the Reds Hall of Fame and awfully glad to have everybody listening along the Reds radio network. Also making it special tonight is an appearance from Jackson, Mississippi. Hard to believe he will be entering his 11th year as a voice of the Reds on radio and television, the Cowboy Jeff Brantley. Thank you, Jimmy. How you doing, Cowboy? I'm doing good. It's good to be here, good to get the caravan kicked off and you know, it seems like this is the time of year that you really start thinking about. It's coming. Spring training is coming. All of a sudden, here comes opening day, the parade, and let's get it on. I agree with you. A lot of people you talk to about what gets the season started for them. Some say January 1st. Others say February because that's when pitchers and catchers report and ultimately games begin. But I agree with you. This event to me, is the kickoff of the new season. We had the affiliates, radio affiliates luncheon today. You get to see a lot of people that you haven't seen in a while. Then we come here and have the uh, uh, the Hot Stove League show. And, boy, and then tomorrow, four groups go out over the course of four days, five states, over 3,000 miles, spreading the gospel of what is Reds baseball to Reds country. <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. We, every, it seems like every year there's more and more people that, that turn out and you, you look at the guys that, that are coming in, it's a great way to meet some of the young guys and, and some of the older guys. I mean, we've, got Eric, we've got Eric Davis on our trip this year. Isn't that something? Yes, it is. We're going to have, in fact, two people on our tour. I was thinking about it driving down here today that uh, people really don't know a whole lot about. We've never met. Well, I haven't met them both. You may have met one of them. We're going to have Chris Oakey, a young man who was a second-round pick by the Reds last year, a catcher out of Clemson who was very highly thought of in the Reds organization. And we're also going to have a fellow I want to talk to you about, right-handed relief pitcher who the Reds signed as a free agent, Drew Storen, on our tour. So I would put our tour, and uh, uh, no offense to Marty and his rock star tour, you know how he gets all worked up about that. I would say we have a darn good tour this year. 
Yeah, I'm excited to get to, to spend some time with, with Drew Storen. That's just a name that I have thought about for some time, especially with the, the difficulties that our, that our bullpen had last year, especially at the beginning of the year. And I'm a firm believer that you work from the back of the bullpen and then you fill in. And not to say that Drew Storen is going to be given the closer's job. Let's, let's don't get too far ahead of ourselves. But if you look at what Drew Storen has done as a closer over the years, I, I, I think it's a, it's a feather in his cap. Now, he's got to earn that spot. Michael Lorenzen threw the ball awfully well for the Reds in the second half. So did Rysel Iglesias. Uh, but just picture it in your mind. Let, let's say that everything smooths out. Drew Storen is pitching like he did in a Washington Nationals uniform. You've got Storen at the end of the ball game. You've got Tony Singrani that you can use in, in any time of tough spot with a, with a left-hander there. And you've got at your disposal two, maybe three innings from Rysel Iglesias. The same goes with Michael Lorenzen. Uh, it, it takes a lot of pressure off of Blake Wood. Um, I'm kind of liking what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> I, I can tell just by listening to you that you really like the acquisition of Drew Storm, although you were quick to point out in a question asked of you today at the Affiliates Luncheon about using relievers like the teams did in the playoffs and World Series, and you made uh, what I thought were some excellent points. I, I just think that everyone looks at what Terry Francona and Joe Madden did using a guy like Andrew Miller or Araldis Chapman, who we saw here, for multiple innings. I think when you're when you're at the end of the race, uh, you can whip the horse as many times sure. as you want, and and it's going to be okay. But when you start the season and you're in April, or if you start the race for that matter, and you're whipping your horse, <laughs> he's going to run out of gas. So you you've got to kind of pace yourself a little bit. But it goes back to what I was saying earlier. You you have a a nice collective group of arms. Now, granted, everybody's got to stay healthy. Everybody's got to do their job. I just feel much better. I, I feel confident, as a matter of fact, in our bullpen right now. And going into last year, you know that I did not feel that way. Well, the first half of last year was a, an abomination for this team. The second half, they finished one game under 500, And you've got to believe that a lot of that had to do with the fact that arms got healthy, People did a much better job out of the bullpen. They scored runs. They were able to get starting pitching when it got healthy also. But the bullpen was the key difference. Well, there's a, there's a reason that your, your team responds to guys that finish the game with regularity. There, there, there really is no fanfare awarded to guys that pitch two scoreless innings and then the guy gets the save. It, it, it's what it's supposed to be. But when it's not... It takes away from the confidence of the guys in the bullpen. It puts more pressure on the starters. They start to feel like, okay, we've got to pitch seven innings, even if we're out of gas in the fifth. And then your position players feel like every time they come to the plate, they've got to hit a five-run home run, which we know that is impossible, simply because they're trying to get so far ahead because you have such a deficit at the end of the ballgame. Well, if you know you can cover those last three innings, or four innings for that matter, and you can cover them with zeros on the board, it takes all the pressure off of everybody. So and then they, then it just seems like everybody just falls in their place. So Drew Storen, definitely a good addition to this team. Now, the other move that's been made, and that was made in about the last 10 days or so, raised some eyebrows when Dick Williams traded Dan Straley. 
He traded him away uh, to the Miami Marlins, and the Reds get back a couple of 24-year-old pitchers, one who they project possibly as a starter, another who they think could be a starter or maybe a reliever, and then a young outfielder, the, the most prominent of which of the three is a right-hander, Luis Castillo, whom they really like possibly as a starter, and the other one, Austin Bryce, another 24-year-old, who we keep hearing people say he has a chance to make this team this year. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a few guys in the in the Marlins system, and they feel like Bryce has a has a very good shot at making our club out of spring training. A lot of it has to do with control issues, and if he can harness that a little bit during spring training, they said you guys will love him. And they said the deal with Castillo, phenomenal arm, has good movement, great life on the fastball. The big key for him is being able to have a secondary pitch, a slider, a cutter, something that he can work into his arsenal that is not a backup pitch. And they said that right now it seems like every time that he goes to a breaking ball and he's got a changeup in the works, he's slowing his arm down and everybody picks it up. Sure. So you, And what that tells me, when you're slowing your arm down and you're kind of guiding it up there, it tells me you have no confidence in the pitch. So obviously with, with Brian Price being the manager here, uh, and his extensive background in pitching, I, I think that that's going to be the goal for, for this organization is to get this kid comfortable with a breaking ball, and that will allow him to move forward in a positive manner. Now, the Dan Straley trade does put a hole in that starting rotation, though, doesn't it? It, it puts a hole in innings. And I think that when you're, when you're working on building your ball club and, and moving forward, that's a tough decision because – Straley was controllable, but you look at this ballpark and his first stretch through the National League and giving up 31 home runs, mm-hmm. you, you have to think, if you're Dick Williams, you have to think to yourself, okay, now that if they hit 31 home runs off of him and they didn't know him, how is this going to translate as we move forward? Are they going to hit 41? Is he going to have a difficult time getting out of the fifth inning? Now, I love Dan Strelly. Please don't get me wrong on that. I, I think he's a he's a pitcher's pitcher. I think he understands the, the give and take and, and adding and subtracting speeds. But I, I think his, for Dan Strelly, the person, uh, his, his best chance of being ultimately successful is going to be where he's going right now in the National League because he's got a bigger ballpark. That fly ball that just scrapes the center field wall – uh, in this ballpark is going to be a dead out down there in Miami. And, and I think it's it's a good thing for, for Dan Straley. The key for the Reds right now is they've got to figure out a way to come up with a couple of hundred innings, maybe, maybe a little more than that, from the likes of a Robert Stevenson, of a Cody Reed, and of an Amir Garrett. Now, those names are put out there, and, and you say, well, you know, you can't put that much pressure on those young guys. Some of those guys are going to have to figure out Okay, do I want to do I want to pitch in the big leagues? Am I tired of pitching in AAA? Sooner or later, one of those guys is going to say, "I don't want to pitch in AAA anymore. I want to pitch in the big leagues. I want to be where the money is made and where I can make a name for myself." And that comes from the guys, not all the coaches and and all the players around him. It comes from the guy. Well, you we mentioned this is a kickoff show for the 2017 Reds Caravan that starts tomorrow from this very spot at around 8 a.m. or so. A lot of the players are coming into town. Other guys are going to get here later today. We have some of them here, and they're going to be on the show tonight, including Reds Hall of Famer Eric Davis. He's going to be here. Corky Miller is going to join us, and outfielder Scott Shebler. All that coming up. So 
We'll take a break right now. When we come back, we'll have Reds Hall of Famer Eric Davis right here between the Cowboy and I. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. Back after this. All right, back at the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum for segment number two of the Reds Hot Stove League, this special edition. A reminder, be part of the action this season with the Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's. Pick any six Reds home games, including the Cubs, the Indians, the Yankees, and the Red Sox, and receive an exclusive, yes, Eric Davis 30-30 dual bobblehead. Plus, you save up to 25% off the regular prize tickets and get six free McDonald's extra value meals. Purchase the Pick 6 plan now at reds.com slash pick 6. Some restrictions apply. Now that, Eric Davis, is a very nice lead-in to say hello to the man who uh, is a Reds Hall of Famer, of course. Eric Davis, two-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, Reds Hall of Fame in 05. The man they call E, Eric Davis. Thank you. There he is. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. It's good to be here good with to have you guys. Eric. We are thrilled, the Cowboy and I, that you will be joining us on the east uh, uh, portion of the caravan this year. So we'll be over the get around and talk a lot of Reds baseball, talk a lot about what you're doing, talk about uh, the 1990 wire-to-wire team. I guess you'll get asked about that, won't you? Somewhat, you think? You think? <laughs> Once or twice. Just a little bit, but we're going to have some fun. Well, all, yes. we always have some fun, and we look forward to having you with us. You really become a staple on this thing for the Reds, haven't you? Well, I try to do it when I can. Um, it's very important for the, the ex-players and me being a Hall of Famer and representing the city and love the city the way that I do. So every chance that I can get to to help the ownership do whether sell one more ticket, I feel like I've earned my keep. So uh, anytime they ask me to do some things, I try to get out there and, and, and help in any way that I can. You know, Eric, I, I see you and quite a few other former players that are are in spring training and and working with not only our younger guys, but some of our big league guys. Um, how does that how does that make you feel number one? Um, and how does it translate to, to some of the younger guys? Well, it makes me feel good. Um, but sometimes we don't get a chance to do uh, as much as we want with the major league squad because of the fact that they have an existing situation that they have. So we kind of like get in where we fit in. And um, whenever the kids, whether they're major league or minor league, or ask me something, I feel compelled to give it back to them. And sometimes uh, it, it might rub somebody wrong that you're trying to step on their toes and things of that nature, but it's nothing of the finest. But um, any time that I can give something to somebody who's trying to pursue that dream, uh, I'm more than willing to do that because it was done to me that way. And I, I had a chance to visit and talk with Willie Stargell when he was with the Braves. And he would always, like, give me different advices on things. And he told me uh, in one of the last conversations that I had, he said, if you obtain knowledge and you don't share knowledge, you lose knowledge. And so that's resonated with me for a long time. So I don't try to throw my knowledge on people, but if someone asks me, then I feel compelled to give them everything that the Willie Stargers, the Dave Parkers, the Concepcions. I was just telling the actor Shev that I was blessed to come through with an era of pretty much everybody that was part of that big red machine. And to sit there and listen to the conversations in the clubhouse after the games. And I was the only rookie on the team in 84, so... I didn't really have nowhere to go. The city wasn't as beautiful as it is now. You know? <laughs> so I, I, was, I just sat there and I soaked it all up. And so 
the things that I've learned, the things that I've known, and try to incorporate that. But whoever wants to listen and has that uniform on, I'm more compelled to give it to well, them. Well, you said, you said stepping on toes, and, and this, is, this is something that I guess every organization goes through. The coaches that, and when you and I were playing, the coaches that saw me every day helped me make the, the microscopic adjustments and, and to keep me on track. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and Don Gullett and Tommy Hume helped me as much as, and Grant Jackson helped me as much as anybody I've ever been around in my life. But for a, a former player and, and to be able to, to ask a guy like a Tom Seaver or, or even in Houston, you get to talk to a guy like Nolan Ryan that can give you just a little bit, little nugget, what's wrong with that? And, and those are things, I mean, aren't we all in this to, to make the guys at the big league level the best that they can be? That's that, and I'm getting back to the stepping on toes thing. Well, I would hope that that would be the criteria. Um, I, honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. And, but it, it's, it's, also, it, it's also how you do it, though. You're true. Yeah. Um, when I first got invited to big league camp, I kind of stay away and kind of watch and learn uh, um, you know how the coaches and everybody maneuver because the biggest thing is when you leave the game and I took five years off and then I transitioned back into the job that I have today is you don't know what their philosophy is or what's been told so I never wanted to just come in and start giving advice and not knowing what this guy had been talking about or this coach had been talking about and, and so I was just sitting back and observing but to me, when you feel good about the things that you're teaching, it don't matter who comes in to ask a question or who asks help for anybody because you feel good about what you're doing. Uh, unfortunately, not just here in Cincinnati, but probably throughout the game where you're seeing a lot of non-baseball people who are doing certain things, and they are inferior. And I would be, too. I was inferior when I first saw Johnny Bench and Pete Rose and guys of that nature. But I've learned to to, to understand what they were trying to do. Uh, but to me, it's, it's really easy when you can just observe and then have those guys welcome you in and have a conversation with you. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the minor league kids that we have, and it's all about the existing major league kids that they have to get them better and come to Cincinnati and hopefully play for a World Series championship. Amen, bro. Well, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., we will all convene here. At, at what time? 8 a.m. No, so they, told sure <laughs> they told me 12. They told me 12. Are we picking you up somewhere along the way? I hope not. No. <laughs> We'll meet here at 8. There will be a little program here. We'll load that bus up at 9 o'clock, and then we will head out to Ohio, to West Virginia, ultimately to Ashland, Kentucky, before we come back here. It's going to be a big three, four days. We look forward to having you with us, Eric. And I'm going to have a ball. Are any of you guys going with us? In spirit. Oh, my goodness. That was sorry. In spirit. <laughs> Nobody waved in. All right. We're going to take a break. Thank you to Eric Davis, Reds Hall of Famer, for stopping by. When we come back, Corky Miller, former Reds catcher, will be in the chair. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. More in a moment. All right, we roll on from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum on the Reds Hot Stove League on this Wednesday night. We mentioned special edition tonight. The Reds caravan kicks off tomorrow. Four stops, well, there are four groups, five states, four days, culminating next Sunday 
at the Florence Mall. That'll be the final day of it. It'll be a big, big four days. The man between us now, Corky Miller, is going to be a part of that. Corky, a former Reds catcher, is out on the West Tour. That means he'll be going out with our colleague Tom Brenneman and uh, Jim Day. That group, Tucker Barnhart, will be there. Corky, you'll be making stops in Muncie, Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and then, of course, Florence. All those big places in Indianapolis that you have been, you'll get to go back there and revisit them this uh, week. Yeah, looking real excited to it. Uh, you know, you forgot Terre Haute, Indiana. Also. Not on my list, but uh, yeah. maybe well, you're going to go there. I'm excited to go there. Are you? Yeah. Home of Indiana State? Yeah. Maybe yeah. go to Larry Bird's restaurant. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I think we won't be in there that long, but, you know, <laughs> it would be nice to do something like that. You're uh professional playing career ended in 2013 one that began way back in 1998 when you were signed by the reds you ended up playing with uh, a number of different organizations throughout your career but you began and ended with cincinnati and i hear you are in your uh, getting ready to enter your fourth year uh non-playing as a coach how has that transition gone for you uh, it's gone well uh you know i've uh you know, I was doing it for a long time in Louisville, but I also had to play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was easy for me towards the end when I wasn't playing a lot, you know, with, with Devin and Tucker there. Um, you know, it was kind of almost the same thing, except I didn't have to put cleats on, and sometimes I didn't have to put a belt on. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been fun. I, I, I've uh, It's something that I've, I've, I've wanted to do. I've done it. You know, even when I was playing in, in high school, when I go back to the high school and, and, and help those guys, um, it, it, f- it gives me a sense of fulfillment to go out there and, and help guys just to learn the, the stuff that I learned coming up. We've had a couple of top picks here lately. Um, Chris Oakey, Stevenson, both catchers, both expected to to move uh, through our organization quickly. Uh, are there any other names, or can you – elaborate on on how these guys are, are doing because i know that it, it's got to be difficult for these kids especially coming from a, a a college program or maybe a high school program in some instances uh, they call pitches and now you're in a situation as a as a pro where you got to figure out itself uh yeah you know uh, it's we we have cassie brown he was seventh round pick he's one of those guys uh, he's out of Loyola, Marymount in California. He's one of those guys that kind of goes under the radar because he wasn't a top pick. Um, a senior sign guy that can really hit the ball and and has really grasped the, the knowledge that that we have in the pro the pro game. So he's another guy you're gonna uh, look out for. Um, Oki, you know, he he called a lot of his own pitches out there, mostly because he was with the pitchers for a long time and he understand the concept and how to how to do it there at Clemson. Um, Tyler Stevenson is still learning a little bit more. Uh, he, he's he gets confused sometimes when we tell him stuff and he takes it real literal and that's okay because if you don't make mistakes you can't get better. Right. But he, he's learning he's learning uh, how to call the game how to not not necessarily set up hitters because in, in Dayton last year we had guys that you know, about 50-50 on spotting up. So he he took that to heart, which is good. I mean, that's how I, I did it. But, you know, if you're trying to set up a guy with a guy that doesn't hit your spots, he would he would still act like he hit a spot and then try to set him up that way where we've talked a lot, lot about it. And he's uh, – I think he's working hard coming off those injuries. You know, uh, there, there are so many pitchers that, that I've talked to in the past that – got to throw to you and being a pitcher myself 
you're the kind of catcher that every pitcher dreams of. Well, thank you. And and I, and I don't. I'm not saying that just because Corky's sitting here. The, the thing about it, when you're on the mound and you've got a runner at third base and one out and you've got to get a strikeout and it's a tough batter at the plate, you rely on the guy behind the home plate, behind home plate, and that's your catcher. You really don't care about whether he can hit home runs or whether he's a guy that can drive in runs. At that moment in time, you're trying to make sure that he puts the right finger down and sets up in the right spot. How do you translate that to these young guys? Um, it's... What I try to do is is to get them and the pitcher, the catchers and the pitchers, just to talk, um, to go out there early for their bullpen. Communication? Do they do they text and t- no. through Twitter, or <laughs> do you have they actually talk to each no, other? No, you know, it, a lot of it is, you know, we we've instilled this thing. I I did this pretty much my whole career. Is, is gone out. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the pitchers go out probably like at three o'clock, and and then the the position players would go out at three thirty, three forty-five. That way they can play long toss and they don't they don't get hit by um, batting practice or anything like that, and the pitching coach can be down there in the bullpen, you know, other than throwing batting practice on the field. So I've always done that either with the Reds or other organizations on my own. You know, it doesn't say pitchers and catchers stretch at this time or you know you have to be out there. I always thought that that's what I wanted to do because that was my time. My time to be with them, my time to be with a guy that might be starting in two days where I know I'm going to be playing and ask him questions and, and say, you know, maybe not even talk about baseball, just talk about how he's feeling, how was, uh, you know, dinner last night or something. That gives him that kind of confidence. And I, I do that now as a coach, and I think some of these players see it. And we have meetings in spring training with all the pitchers and the catchers, and we talk about, I mean, even the big leagues we have, Guys come over and stand from the minor leagues to see what Stefanski's doing with, with Tucker and Devin and, and, and um, guys that we've had in the past where they're talking about the pitchers. And I think that is kind of filtered into the minor league system. And, and I, I almost said my guys, but I feel like they're my guys, my catchers, that they, they want to do that for their pitchers at, at their uh, affiliates as well. One last question before we take a break, and that is this. You are the catching coordinator in the Reds minor league organization. I remember when you stopped playing, there were questions about would you like to stay in baseball, maybe would you like to manage. Is that still a goal of yours in the future? Uh, you know, it, it's uh, obviously it's a goal. I guess um, I'm approaching this kind of like I played. Um, I'm happy to be out here, you know, and, and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do everything I can uh, to get to the big leagues. Um, whether whether that's for a long tenure time or just to get there, do what I have to do, do what's best for me and my family, and then maybe go back to this, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, a pretty short career below AAA in mm-hmm. two or three years um, before I got caught up to AAA in the big leagues. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping that happens now, but I, I really like and enjoy where I'm at and Dealing with the guys on a daily basis, you know, everybody. We're lucky to have you, man. Oh, I, I agree, yes. It. Corky, thank you for taking time okay. to stop by here tonight at the Reds Hall of Fame. Good luck as you go out on the uh, caravan tomorrow. You the as well. state of Indiana, beware. Corky Miller <laughs> is on the way starting tomorrow. We'll take a break. When we come back, Reds outfielder Scott Shebler, the third of our three guests, will be here between us, uh, the Cowboy and I. So that's what you have to look forward to 
after the break. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. Back with more in a moment. All right, busy, busy place tonight here at the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum. First, Eric Davis, then Corky Miller, and now a current Reds player, outfielder Scott Shebler is in the midst. How about it? Yeah, yeah, we like our, our outfielder, Scott Shebler. A reminder, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo, Baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a hit collection baseball, become the owner of that hit, and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Purchase today at RedsMuseum.org. All right, let's turn our attention to Reds outfielder Scott Shebler. Scott, thank you so much for taking time. Good to see you, sir. Great to see you. This is this place is awesome. I have never been in here, and I, uh, I plan to explore it uh, probably after this at least for a little bit. You know, I was thinking about... Uh, during the break about you coming in here. It was a year ago now that you were, what, about six weeks or so, maybe less, uh, since becoming a Red. You didn't know anybody in the organization. You were probably wondering what it was going to be like. And uh, now here you are a year later, and what a year it was, both ups and downs for you. Yeah, uh, just a crazy year to kind of reflect on. Uh, you know, I got that call in, in December, and, you know, they said I was traded, and you know, I had that blind loyalty to the Dodgers, and uh, they had drafted me. Uh, they had nurtured me through their system and all that. And uh, I think I got a little bit of taste of the business side on that. Um, but, you know, when I when I reflected on that about a week later, I was really excited because I was like, the opportunity is here with the Reds. Um, I just got to come in and take advantage of it. And uh, as far as the year, man, it was uh, it was definitely an up and down year. But uh, I think I ended on a high note, so I'm I'm pretty excited for next year. There, there is so much talk with the Reds about the young players and that opportunity that you're talking about. And I know, but, but I want you to explain this because you're down there in the locker room with, with the younger guys, and, and I know how, how difficult it is to just to, to fit in and to say, okay, I'm a big leaguer now, and to process that mentally. Because when you came back up to the big leagues, you're a different player. Yeah. And now that we've had this winter – I want you to explain to our fans and our people here tonight why things are going to be better for the guys that even failed and had a difficult time because you had a difficult yeah, time. Oh yeah. You came back and you were barnstormers. And, and, and I want people to understand why there is that expectation for these guys to get better. Yeah, um, for me it was it was a big comfort thing. I mean, going into a locker – it's like going to a new high school kind of a deal. Um, I was trying to compete with everybody, but I was also trying to make friends. So it was just like a weird balance of that. And, uh, yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's difficult to explain unless you experience it, but it's, it, that's the easiest way to explain it. It's kind of just going to a new school and trying to fit in, but also trying to show off a little bit, show everybody kind of what you can do. And, man, when you do that, when you start getting out of what you can do and, and all that, it, it, you – Obviously, I have a perfect example of what you see on the, for performance, you know. it's uh, So that's why, uh, as going into next year, a lot of the guys that got traded over that offseason, you know, they got good buddies now. They're more comfortable. And uh, I know for a lot of guys, um, just that comfort level is so much higher, which is going to enable them to, to perform a lot better. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we as, as fans get a little bit lost in the, the human nature as far as you were talking about Coming up with the Dodgers, all of a sudden you're in a new city, you're in the big leagues, uh, you're trying to you're trying to 
prove to your teammates yeah. that, you know, I, I really am a good player. Yeah. They didn't just hear about me. <laughs> and, and so you put a little bit of additional pressure on yourself. And when, when things don't go just like you want them to, you, you feel that negative energy. And, yeah. and instead of just playing ball, which is what you did in the second half, instead of just playing ball, you're trying to do all these different things and the wheels are spinning so fast. What, what everyone is hoping is that the wheels slow down a little bit for some of these guys. They've already gotten their feet wet. That's how we like yeah. this playing. I mean, we've uh, got their yeah, feet yeah, wet. Yeah. <laughs> and you just can't play ball because the talent is there. Oh, yeah, the talent. I think the talent in the clubhouse is, is tremendous. Um, but, yeah, it, just like you said, that uh, the comfort level of, of going in the clubhouse and, and not pre- – I mean, it's already, it's, already a, it's already a negative game as far as failure. And then if you're putting more pressure on yourself – you know, if, if you have a bad game and, man, you just really, really feel that way, you it. carry it home and then you come the next day and you're like, man, you, you try to be, you try to perfect what you didn't do well the last day and then something else goes wrong and it just kind of snowball effect on that. And uh, I think once you, once you have those teammates you can count on, it's so much easier because you can go talk to them about your problems and they can come to you and it's just easier to bounce, bounce that, that positive energy off of each other. So, Scott, have you had a good offseason? Have you had a good workout winter? And it'll be certainly different for you this year going in because when you walk into the clubhouse, there's going to be new guys looking around saying, oh, who's that, who's that? When you walk in, you're going to know 90% of the faces this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I did have some time to get away from baseball for a little bit. I went over to Australia for uh, a couple wow, of weeks. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. So cleared my head of all the baseball uh, clutter there for a little bit but yeah workouts have been great um, I'm really excited to go to spring training and uh, see all the guys did it go fast this winter to you it always does once yeah. New Year's hits it's it's I mean it's coming quick boy it's a, it's just <laughs> around the corner so you you're going to be uh, out on the caravan as well let's see where you're going to be you're going to be on the north caravan that means you'll be with Marty and and uh, oh, help Kevin him. Mesoraco. help him he's with Marty <laughs> Blake Trahan and uh, Demetri Young you're going to Columbus you're going to go to Lima you're going to be up in Dayton. You're going to be in Hamilton. And, of course, back at Florence on Sunday. Your first experience on the caravan. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for the, the Dayton. The Air, is it the Air Force? Yeah, National I heard, Museum. I heard, I, heard that, I heard that place is amazing. Very so, tremendous. Um, I'm super excited to, you know, get out and, and see the fans and uh, connect with them. And I'm really excited to see the, the Dayton uh, Air Force Base. I, I keep everybody I talk to, they say that's probably the, one of the cooler stops that you go so i'm i'm super excited for that and you were on the rock star tour and I, I know that the you're so-called rock star <laughs> tour yeah yeah well listen you have fun with marty and company we look forward to seeing you sunday over at the florence mall and certainly in about a month when games begin out at spring training in goodyear thanks for stopping by thanks Absolutely. for being here man thanks for having me scott shebler reds outfielder part of the many many guests we've had here this evening at the reds hall of fame and museum we'll take our final break Come back with more in a moment. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. We'll be back in a minute. Ah, we're really uh, out of time almost already. How about that? I mean, it flew by, Cowboy. Your microphone's not on. Yeah, we want to thank Eric Davis for coming by. We want to thank Corky Miller for coming by. Scott Shebler. I mean, my goodness, it went fast. Your mic's not working, I don't think. Uh, a reminder, everybody will convene here tomorrow morning at uh, 8 a.m. will be a program around 8.30, and then uh, everybody will load up the buses at 9 o'clock. You with us? I, I don't think so. Why don't you try that one, maybe? <laughs> we'll load up the buses about 9 o'clock and That's head right. out. There you are. Yeah. Hey, I'm back. all right. I'm back. I'm all back. Right. You and I, Cowboy, be with Drew Storen. 
uh, Chris Oakey, Dick Williams, general manager of the Reds, Eric Davis was with us tonight, and uh, Rosie Red, and we'll be going all around the place in terms of the East Tour, Athens, Ohio, Charleston, West Virginia, Parkersburg, West Virginia, Ashland, Kentucky, the infamous Fannin Motors, where uh, Bob Castellini will be joining us there. So we look forward to that. And let's see, somebody else is going to join us there. How about Lou Pinella going to join us there in Ashland, Kentucky? Yeah. I'm looking forward to the food. You know what? I I meant to ask you about that earlier, and we didn't didn't have enough time. But every place we go, this is something interesting. I've been with the Cowboy every year on this. Everywhere we go, people bring him plates of fried chicken. I've never seen a guy eat as much chicken in my life as this guy does on the Reds Caravan. I love it. Ribs ribs and chicken. Outstanding. We are out of time. Thank you so much for Enjoy. your time tonight. Thanks, everybody, for being here. spending you know, the next four days with you. Thanks, folks, for coming out. Thanks for listening. This is the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. <laughs>